Welcome to the So That Got Me Thinking podcast. I am your host Nat and if you like exploring womanhood, motherhood, how we strive and fail, psychology and spirituality, then this is the place for you. A weekly podcast where we look at hints, tips, books, coaching, special guests to help us all grow together. Hello and welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host Nat and today we've got a really special guest. I'm very excited to have Magritte Stain on today who's a performance and well-being coach an accredited performance and wellbeing coach, mentor and mindfulness teacher. She empowers female leaders, business owners and entrepreneurs to rewrite their relationship with stress so they can use it as fuel to achieve success in all areas of their lives. With a career over 20 years in the corporate world, she really understands the challenges of working in a pressured, high-paced environment and is on a mission to inspire women to befriend their minds and learn to thrive in a high-pressured situation with a sense of calm, ease and composure. I need some of this, Magritte. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. Think that you found yourself you needed or was this just around you so much? What, what made you decide to go into this area? I think for me, um, even from childhood, stress seemed to be my default setting. I just I was always stressed. I was a stressed child, a stressed teenager. I was always really, I remember always being very irritable at life. And Mm. I think it was just, maybe it was my surroundings. Maybe it was the example I got from my mum, my teachers, my friends, parents. I don't know what it was. I don't want to blame anyone, but Mm -hmm. I, I just think all throughout my life, I was always stressed. And when I didn't have periods of stress, it was almost like, I needed it if that makes sense it was Mm -hmm. almost like I was creating stress and you know in in my own life I got married for the first time at the age of 23 I had my first child at the age of 25 I was divorced by the age of 27 I got married again in my late 20s had another baby got divorced again um so I don't know what it was but there was just something in me that always wanted stress always Mm. needed stress um so yeah I just think I got to I'm I'm 45 this year and I think I got to a point a few years ago just realizing this isn't normal (laughs) I don't think this is right life doesn't Mm. have to be quite so hard and I um I've been with my my husband for now for coming up to gosh how long is it now I think it's coming up to 11 years and really happy now um you know I've got my two kids he's got two kids we've we've got a quite a you know complicated blended family situation but um which was also very stressful but I think in recent years I just realized that I was in control of how much stress I allowed and what I allowed in my life yeah yeah so I that's think, yeah. interesting because I think from he- hearing what you said is really because we almost glorify stress in our society yeah. now don't we it's almost like how are you oh I'm so stressed how are you oh yeah I'm really stressed it's almost like if you're not stressed you're not doing enough um yes yeah, so busy think, yeah busy is another word that um yeah busy or stressed oh I'm so you know they're almost our go-to words and like you mm-hmm. said it's almost like we 
make this drama in our lives. And like you said, if that's all you've ever known, it feels really different and difficult not to have that. Um, mm. Because we feel like we're missing. And obviously stress is a chemical as well, isn't it? You know, it, it mm. breeds a chemical within our bodies. Yeah, exactly. So when we're not stressed, it's almost like our subconscious mind is so used to it and it likes it. There's something about it that our subconscious mind enjoys. I know that sounds mm. it's that sounds weird, yeah. but it's it's familiar, isn't it? And yeah. I used to go into interviews, um, you know, almost taking pride and saying in interviews, oh, I have a really large capacity for stress. You know, I thrive yeah. under pressure. Yeah. And I guess I did for a while. And mm-hmm. it is what I needed to move forward. And I think that is, that is um, you know, my approach for the coaching that I do is that we do need a bit of stress in our lives to get things done, to yeah. achieve our goals, to move forward. But it's when we don't know to fall back or when to hit the brakes then we burn out and then we're wondering why we're so damn stressed all the time so that is the difference is knowing when Mm. too much stress is apparent in our bodies yeah so I know from my own personal experience that I like a deadline nothing focuses the mind like a deadline right especially if you're running your own business yeah, um, or if you've got pro- projects or a launch or anything like that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's in that kind of the moment before the launch that everything comes together. And, you know, we know from, you know, what's happening in the world is at times of crisis when everyone kind of pulls together. Yeah. So I think there is an element of needing a bit of stress in our lives because, mm-hmm. and also stress is inevitable. I think if the last, um, the last couple of years have taught us anything is that anything can come come around left field and knock us out or for six you know we don't know what's around the corner so stress is inevitable there will always be stress in our lives but it's about harnessing it in a way that serves us so that we almost use it as fuel to achieve success but knowing when we're heading for burnout, getting to know ourselves so well that we hit the brakes or pull back. Yeah, because I love when you say making stress the ally, not the enemy. So how Mm. can we do that? How can we use stress to work for us? So I think it is, there's a lot of um, getting to know, really getting to know your subconscious mind, really understanding the purpose of stress. Because mm-hmm. I, I see stress now is my ally. I see stress as something. It's, it's, you know, my stress is trying to tell me something. When I feel anxious, it's a flag that goes up saying, there's something going on here, you need to pay attention. Mm. So when I, whenever I feel anxious or overwhelmed, I don't see it as, oh my God, the world is ending, I need to go and hide myself in a cave anymore (laughs) what I've used to do I now see it as okay I need to sit up and pay attention and how Mm. can I use the stress in a good way like if I've got a deadline or something you know something I need to more focus but also knowing that I need to allow time afterwards for instance if I've got a launch or if I'm running a workshop as an introvert that really takes it out of me I totally I'm with you I can totally Mm. resonate with you so I now know I get stress hangovers, so I need to take the next day or two. I love that. 
<laughs> a stress hangover. I mm. absolutely resonate. and I massively have stress hangovers. And I think what mm. I used to do in the past, which seems similar to you, but is that I just keep going and then my stress levels have been kind of calmed down. So I'm just adding more and more and more on to the point where I'm mm. like, okay, something's got a gift or manifesting my health sometimes as well. If I just become really poorly or something will happen or get really tired. Um, so I've, yeah, I've learned the stress hangover too. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and have to like put in space in my diary to be like, I can't do that. I know, I know I'm going to need some time that day or that week to kind of re-address and resettle myself. Yeah. Absolutely, because when we are when we are stressed, we, you know, your um your cortisol levels are up. Your fight your fight flight or freeze response kicks in. Um, yeah. Your your immune system kicks into gear. Your blood pressure goes up. Your heart rate increases. This is almost when we need that little bit of a push. You know, we need the adrenaline to keep going. But it's unfortunately when our cortisol levels and adrenaline levels are always high that actually impacts our immune system yeah. so that when we stop, I call it the letdown effect. It's when mm-hmm. we stop, that's when we crash. And very often you find people in, you know, you get people who have a high pressure jobs and they get to retirement and then they, they get really poorly. Or, you know, when you go on holiday and yes. you get a cold literally two days after you're lying on the beach and you're thinking, why am I feeling so crap? Mm-hmm. That's because that's the letdown effect so your your body just goes and then you get ill because your body just needs to recover your body yeah your body's telling you hang on a minute (laughs) we need to stop for a bit um so this is what I mean about making friends with your mind and using stress as your ally rather than your enemy oh and I guess yeah like you say getting to know those triggers for you yeah, exactly. And one of the ways I really found um, that helps me is practice and meditation. That mm. has been a game changer for me. And I've got a bit of a story. Um, well, actually, I'll come to that when you ask the question about the life. Let's go on to that so. anyway. Let's go on to that because I'm intrigued. So mm. as you say, I ask the same questions to some of my hosts, uh, to everyone who comes on the podcast. And so has there been a time in your life where you've read something or something's happened and you've shown up totally different as a result of that? So a few years ago, I found myself working in a really, really toxic um, working environment. Mm. And I was contracting at a time, at the time I was um, working in project management and it was just the, the whole toxic, uh, the whole environment was really toxic. And at the time, I felt like I needed that job. I couldn't yeah. get anything else. And I was, I was, it got to the point where I got so, I made myself ill. Um, I was paranoid because I felt like I was going to be thrown under the bus at any moment. Yeah. Um, and I stayed there for, for quite a while. And I remember one day I was so desperate to leave. I was feeling so, so negative about the, the job. So I started looking for for another job elsewhere and I went for an interview and when they asked me why I wanted to leave the current my current role I started crying oh my god and I just think it just came it all just came up to the surface in that interview I think I was feeling just I was literally at breaking point Mm. and I started crying 
needless to say, I didn't get the job. To be honest, I didn't even hear back from them afterwards. Oh. So, but it was, and a few weeks later, I literally got thrown under the bus um, in a work situation. And my husband was working away at the time. He was abroad. And I remember phoning him because on the way back from, back home from work, I was in the car and I had my first panic attack. Mm. And I actually, I know too much information, but I actually had to no. pull over and be sick. That's yeah. how bad it got. And when I got home, um, I was in a complete state and I called my husband and I just said to him, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And he just told me, look, you know, just leave. If you need to leave, just leave. And I said, but I don't have another job to go into. And he said, it's okay, we'll work it out. And that to me was a real turning point because I realized at that point that I have a choice here. I can either Mm. carry on like this, make myself really ill, or I can walk. And just that, just that knowledge and that decision actually gave me the courage to take control of the situation. Yeah. Now, a few weeks later, well, there were some organizational changes going on. A lot of the people who were contributing to the toxicity left and we got a new boss in. But a few weeks after that kind of that, that um, scenario, that um, episode where I was having the panic attacks, they offered me, I was contracting at the time, and they offered me a permanent job. And the salary they were offering me was insulting, mm. really insulting. And I just thought, did I really put myself through all of that? For this. For this. Mm. And I handed in my notice the next day. I didn't have another job to go into. But the relief I felt after I did that, I can't tell you how great that felt. I yeah. felt so empowered. Yes. And as the universe would have it, as you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. And Always. Syn- synchronicity. The following day, I got a call from a recruitment consultant. This amazing job that he's got. Would I be interested in it? I had an interview later that week, second interview the following week, and I got the job. And it was a really great salary. And that role also allowed me, that's the last role I had, um, that allowed me to finalize my coaching diploma. I qualified as a mindfulness meditation teacher and I was able to slowly grow my coaching practice alongside my full-time job. And a few weeks ago, I left my full-time job and I'm now a full-time coach. So I'm now running my business full-time. So I think looking back... I almost needed that situation, that toxic environment Mm -hmm. to give me the, to almost propel me and give me that courage to do what I really wanted to do. That's a really inspiring story. And I I almost loved the overshare, actually, Magritte, because I Mm -hmm. think it shows us how powerful our brains are and the link between how we feel and then how how that comes out in our emotions and our physical health. Because stress can impact every part of our body can't it, it absolutely if, um in 2018 i decided to give up alcohol for a whole year and because you know as with i think <laughs> i'm going to be honest here a lot of, and i think for a lot of women will be able to relate to this i was using alcohol to cope with stress no no yeah definitely and in 2018 it got to the point where i realized okay this is becoming a problem i need to either and I, I felt like um, 
I always had a bit of a all or nothing approach to life. Mm, I'm, thought, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, I've tried cutting back in the past and it didn't really work. You know, it would last a few months and then I'll get back into bad habits. And I decided in 2018 or at the end of 2017 that I was going to give up alcohol for a whole year because I felt like I needed to do something drastic to yeah. change the situation. And, you know, I mentioned earlier about the letdown effect. Mm-hmm. Like if we and I was talking to my GP about it at the time as well. And I spoke to a few people about this because in 2018, the year I gave up alcohol for a whole year, I was ill more than any other time in my life which is completely ironic I just can't so my logic tells me it's because I was punishing my body for so long using alcohol as a crutch and then Mm. when I took it away it's almost like my body was going okay now we need to deal with this (laughs) now we need to deal with this ourselves you know now we've got to do this and I got I, I think within the space of the first six months of the year I had colds about four times and literally every two months I got ill. And then during that year, it was in July, I got whooping cough and I was ill for three months. Oh my gosh. And I was contracting as well. So I couldn't take time off work because when I, don't, when I didn't work, I didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. So I used to go into work with whooping cough. I don't know if you know whooping cough, but when you cough, it sounds terrible. Oh, I bet that was painful. And it was one Sunday, I remember, I was coughing so much that I actually locked my sacroiliac joint. I thought I thought it was Goodness my kidney. I had so much pain in my lower back that I went to A&E and because I thought, is my kidneys packing up? There's something mm-hmm. really wrong here. And the doctor just, he checked me over and he said, with all your coughing, you've locked your sacroiliac joint and I had to go and see a, um, a chiropractor to help me um, loosen it up. But he, the GP was saying to me that with whooping cough, sometimes people cough so much that they crack ribs. And I think with COVID as well, you've heard reports of this happening. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, it's just ironic that the year I decided to take control of my drinking habits was the year I got so ill. But I think, again, like the toxic working environment, I think that's something I needed to do to show me that I don't need alcohol. And even though I do, I have reintroduced alcohol slowly back into my life. I now have a pretty good handle on it. And I think it's because I also practice mindfulness. I've made friends with my mind. I understand more about my emotional landscape. Your triggers, yeah. My triggers, my response and the way I regulate stress now this is so interesting McGree what do all women need to know that you have a choice you have a choice in all matters of your life I really feel strongly about that I think you know Mm. for me for a very very long time I blamed other people and other things and external circumstances for all the stress I was experiencing yeah. But I realized that actually yeah. a lot of the stress I was experiencing myself, that was a bit of a, a revelation. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, my message to women is that you don't have to be so stressed. Life doesn't have to be so hard and you have a choice. If things are really hard, there are things you can do. You know, if you are 
in a career you hate, if you are in a toxic relationship, if you, if there's, I always have this motto that if you either have to accept things the way they are or you can change them. Yeah. And it is possible to change them. Wow. Because I guess the, other, the alternative is to sit and moan about it for the rest of your life. And that is, that is something we call in NLP a secondary benefit, isn't it? It, mm-hmm. it is almost like, you know, you, get, you do get someone's who, identity, yeah? Mm, you have people who are only happy when they, they've got something to complain about. That, and I, that is a very good topic for another podcast, I think. <laughs> that is true. It's so true that we all have those people that we know, whether that's in a work situation or a family situation, mm. we all know those people. And I think, to be honest, I, I probably was that person for a while at some point um but I realized I could either sit here and complain about my situation about my personal stuff about family stuff about work stuff or I can change it I love that that's so empowering thank Mm -hmm. you Margaret for coming on today where can people find it more about you and your work so you can find me at um com. And mm-hmm. um, you can also find me on Instagram, Magritte underscore Stain. I'm on Facebook as well. And I've got a private Facebook group called Living Mindfully with Magritte. And that is just a community for women to give them some breathing space and just a bit of a break from everyday life. So I do live meditations in the group and we have um, just live stream discussions about things like perfectionism procrastination boundaries guilt all of those juicy topics topics. yeah definitely (laughs) and I share um sorry and I share breathing exercises and that sort of thing I also run a six-month one-to-one coaching program and that is working with um, female leaders entrepreneurs and business owners to rewrite their relationship with stress wow thank you so so much and I will add all of that I hope you enjoy this week's edition of the podcast if you did please give us a review or share this podcast with a friend and i will see you next week on the so that got me thinking podcast